Hi, everybody. Hi, Dr. <laughs> Welcome to yet another episode of the Folksy Podcast. It's the podcast where we roam the world's treasure trove of old and interesting tales. As always, I'm your host, Izer, a.k.a. Ishan Watwa. I like to mix up the intros each time, at least a little bit, just so it doesn't seem too cookie-cutter, you know? Not that the pattern of the podcast itself can be called that. What with 10-minute stories for weeks and then a 60-minute plus one out of the blue? Don't worry though, today's tale is much more aligned to brevity, even though it does share authorial custody with the previous one we did. Yes people, we're once again jumping into a tale from the pen of imperial era master craftsman Rudyard Kipling. This week's tale comes from his book Just So Stories and is actually much more akin to our general folk fair than last week's tale. To be perfectly honest with you, in the interest of keeping the spirit of discovery that led me to start this podcast in the first place, I've been refraining from reading too much of the books that we explore in advance, you know, to keep the mystery alive. And hence it was that we ended up saddled with last week's selection from quote-unquote Indian tales that merited only one Indian character and sundry references as proof of its so-called Indian pedigree. Fortunately, I decided to take a better look this week. And don't worry, all the stories from this week's collection are just so. (laughs) Anyway, that's enough waffle out of me. Let's get to the bubblegum center of this week's tail candy. Ooh, that was bad. (laughs) Just So Tales by Rudyard Kipling This story is called How the Whale Got His Throat. In the sea, once upon a time, O my beloved, there was a whale, and he ate fishes. He ate the starfish and the garfish, and the crab and the dab, and the place and the dace, and the skate and his mate, and the mackerel and the pickerel, and the really truly twirly whirly eel. All the fishes he could find in all the sea he ate with his mouth, so, till at last, there was only one small fish left in all the sea. And he was a small stewed fish. And he swam a little behind the whale's right ear so as to be out of harm's way. Then the whale stood up on his tail and said, I'm hungry. And the small stewed fish said in a small stewed voice, Noble and generous cetacean, have you ever tasted man? No, said the whale. What is it like? Nice, said the small stewed fish. Nice, but lovely. Then fetch me some, said the whale, and he made the sea froth up with his tail. One at a time is enough, said the stewed fish. If you swim to latitude 50 north, longitude 40 west, that is magic, You will find, sitting on a raft, in the middle of the sea, with nothing on but a pair of blue canvas breeches, a pair of suspenders, you must not forget the suspenders, best beloved, and a jackknife, one shipwrecked mariner, who, it is only fair to tell you, is a man of infinite resource and sagacity. So the whale swam and swam to latitude 50 north, longitude 40 west, as fast as he could swim. And on a raft, 
in the middle of the sea, with nothing to wear except a pair of blue canvas breeches, a pair of suspenders, you must particularly remember the suspenders, best beloved, and a jackknife, he found one single solitary shipwrecked mariner, trailing his toes in the water. He had his mummy's leave to paddle, or else he would never have done it, because he was a man of infinite resource and sagacity. Then the whale opened his mouth back and back and back, till it nearly touched his tail, and he swallowed the shipwrecked mariner, and the raft he was sitting on, and his blue canvas breeches, and the suspenders, which you must not forget, and the jackknife. He swallowed them all down into his warm, dark inside cupboards, and then he smacked his lips, so, and turned around three times on his tail. But as soon as the mariner, who was a man of infinite resource and sagacity, found himself truly inside the whale's warm, dark inside cupboards, he stumped and he jumped and he thumped and he bumped and he pranced and he danced and he banged and he clanged and he hit and he bit and he leaped and he creeped and he prowled and he howled and he hopped and he dropped and he cried and he sighed and he crawled and he bawled and he stepped and he leapt and he danced hornpipes where he shouldn't. And the whale felt most unhappy indeed. Have you forgotten the suspenders? Now, there's an image here, and the image has a really long caption, and I usually do not read the captions of images, but this caption might actually have some import on the story, so let's read it. This is the picture of the whale swallowing the mariner with his infinite resource and sagacity, and the raft, and the jackknife, and his suspenders, which you must not forget. The buttony things are the mariner's suspenders, and you can see the knife close by them. He is sitting on the raft, but it has tilted up sideways, so you don't see much of it. The whitey thing by the mariner's left hand is a piece of wood that he was trying to row the raft with when the whale came along. The piece of wood is called the jaws of a gaff. The mariner left it outside when he went in. The whale's name was Smiler, and the mariner was called Mr. Henry Albert Bivens, A.B. The little stewed fish is hiding under the whale's tummy, or else I would have drawn him. The reason that the sea looks so ooshy-scooshy is because the whale is sucking it all into his mouth so as to suck in Mr. Henry Albert Bivens and the raft and the jackknife and the suspenders. You must never forget the suspenders. And now, back to the main story. If you remember, the whale felt most unhappy indeed. Because, well, the mariner did a lot of stuff. So he, the whale, said to the stewed fish, This man is very nubbly, and besides, he is making me hiccup. What shall I do? Tell him to come out, said the stewed fish. So the whale called down his own throat to the shipwrecked mariner. Come out and behave yourself. I've got the hiccups. 
Nay, nay, said the mariner. Not so, but far otherwise. Take me to my natal shore and the white cliffs of Albion, and I'll think about it. And he began to dance more than ever. You had better take him home, said the stewed fish to the whale. I ought to have warned you that he is a man of infinite resource and sagacity. So the whale swam and swam and swam, with both flippers and his tail, as hard as he could for the hiccups. And at last he saw the mariner's natal shore and the white cliffs of Albion, and he rushed halfway up the beach and opened his mouth wide and wide and wide, and said, Change here for Winchester, Ashwalot, Nashua, Keene, and stations on the Fitchburg Road. And just as he said Fitch, the mariner walked out of his mouth. But while the whale had been swimming, the mariner, who was indeed a person of infinite resource and sagacity, had taken his jackknife and cut up the raft into a little square grating all running crisscross and he had tied it firm with his suspenders. Now you know why you were not to forget the suspenders. And he dragged that grating good and tight into the whale's throat, and there it stuck. Then he recited the following shloka, which, as you have not heard it, I will now proceed to relate. By means of a grating, I have stopped your eating. For the mariner, he was also an Ibernian, and he stepped out on the shingle and went home to his mother, who had given him leave to trail his toes in the water, and he married and lived happily ever afterward. So did the whale, but from that day on, the grating in his throat, which he could neither cough up nor swallow down, prevented him eating anything except very, very small fish. And that is the reason why whales nowadays never eat men or boys or little girls. The small stewed fish went and hid himself in the mud under the door sills of the equator. He was afraid that the whale might be angry with him. The sailor took the jackknife home. He was wearing the blue canvas breeches when he walked out on the shingle. The suspenders were left behind, you see, to tie the grating with. And that is the end of that tale. At the end, Mr. Kipling includes this little poem, which I thought to include as well, because frankly, it's really funny. When the cabin portholes are dark and green because of the seas outside, when the ship goes wop with a wiggle between and the steward falls into the soup terrine and the trunks begin to slide. When nursey lies on the floor in a heap and mummy tells you to let her sleep and you aren't waked or washed or dressed, why then you will know if you haven't guessed you're 50 north and 40 west. <laughs> now I get the 50 north and 40 west reference as well. And that was today's tale. As you may have noticed from the numerous blatant references in the story, this story as well as the others in this collection are written as if to address someone seemingly specific in mind. 
that's because this collection originally started out as a series of bedtime tales to Rudyard Kipling's daughter Josephine, who he affectionately called Effie. Now, Effie apparently got these bedtime tales, but still wanted them just a certain way, not a word out of place. That is to say, just so. That's where the title, Just So Stories, comes from, in fact. Also, the kind of stories that are in this volume are known as porquai or origin tales. Basically, fictional stories of how and why something came to be. Why the snake has no legs, why the kangaroo has extra long ones, or why the tiger has its stripes. That last one, in fact, is one that Kipling also wrote as a part of the original Jungle Book. This style of storytelling is pretty common in folk literature and will probably cover more like it in the coming weeks. Once again, this week we have our old friend Riddiman to thank for the musical score. This week's beat is called Dandelions and is, as always, readily available on YouTube. And finally, here we are. The time where I tease you all with a glimpse of what awaits us in next week's episode. From the tales of humanized animals to the tales of humans with animals. Next week, we travel to the cold, cold plains of Mother Russia. Get ready to witness a total flip of the girl finding her prince charming by kissing a frog meme. <laughs> and with that, we come to the end of another awesome episode of Foxy. Don't forget to join us next week for some more world exploration. In the meantime, this is your host with a rap boast, Izer, signing off.